We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This is Cheryl from Jajawarong Country. Uh, welcome to episode 86 of the Beyond 90 pod. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether you're listening on uh, the various podcast platforms or Joy, Joy Radio or our friends at Clutch Radio. Thank you so much. So as is the custom started by uh, Cheryl Downs, our editor-in-chief, we are going to highlight the Matilda whose cap number matches the episode number. We're up to 86. So cap number 86 for the Matildas is Justine Fisher. Okay, before I do that, I should probably introduce myself, eh? That'd be a great idea. And the rest of you. I'm sorry about that. So I'm Eric Sibihano, uh, NPL New South Wales women's commentator, do a few things with Beyond 90 here and there. Um, I also have with us the uh, Magella Card from the Raw Corps. She has just rushed back from wherever Frank Drysdale Reserve is. It appears to be somewhere in Queensland, but that's about outside forever, as I know. Northside, never. Yes, yes. And I mean, it means if, something to Brisbane people. Uh, yes. And uh, I feel I looked at it on Google Maps. Even I, I feel your pain, even though I have no idea where anything is. But at least you're back and you're back after a win. And we also have the Canberra duo of Dale Roots. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Great yeah. to be here. And also our Capital Football, Canberra United, and Nordic football expert, Stefan Meebus. Evening, everyone. Okay. Now I'll do Matilda's cap number 86, Justine Fisher. She made her debut in 1995. Her grassroots club was Cronulla RSL, a Sutherland Shire in the southern suburbs of Sydney. She made three appearances for the Matildas, two A internationals. Now, this description that was lovingly left for me by Cheryl, it looks like Groove's words. So we'll attribute that to Sarah Groove, former Matildas team manager, and apologies if this was someone else, but Justine Fisher, an incredible down-to-earth person who was really creative and strong on the ball, really strong on both feet, which was fairly rare back then, other than in the best players and very strong in the air, very strong physically. Now, as is the Sutherland way, she used to surf all the time, then go out for a kick. Usually played out wide. Nice kid. So uh, wherever you are, Justine, I hope you're doing well. So we'll crack on with the news. There was huge news today. Um, time to mark 500 days till the start of next year's Women's World Cup. The announcement of the Para Matildas, and if you're unaware of what a para football team is, uh, this will be Australia's national team for women who have cerebral palsy, acquired brain injury, or symptoms of a stroke. So firstly, everyone, how good? Yeah, amazing. It's um, it's great to see uh, the, the, the pathways just get grown across um, all teams um, in the Football Australia uh, family. So it's mm. absolutely fantastic. And, and and I guess there's a bit of an impetus there with the uh, the first um, Women's World Cup in Spain that they're preparing for. So, um, yeah, fantastic to see. Love it. Yes, I was lucky Great. enough to sit in with an interview a friend of Beyond 90, Samantha Lewis, did with a couple of New South Wales uh, para football women players uh, about two and a half years ago. And just, um, I mean, it, the theme really is that representation matters, just uh, the joy they had at the ability to compete in sport for them and represent their states. And now, of course, that's going to be magnified now that there are women, um, you know, in every state that the chance to represent their country. So that's something I think we can all get behind uh, the new para Matildas. Although Dale, you were saying in our group chat should have just been para Tildas, right? Para Tildas was right there. Yep. 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 I, yep. I wonder so, if it's um, got something to do with, I wonder if it's got something to do with the IP, but way the, yeah, look. Yeah. Prob actually, <laughs> That's a, probably a good shout, I reckon. So, I mean, uh, there's more good news. Um, Australian football uniting in support of the LGBTQI plus community. Um, so we did see football Australia people and some people um, very near and dear to our hearts, like um, Anne Odong, Australian women's football legend, and Liana Baratti, who used to write for Beyond 90, now does a great job with the Matildas social admin for Football Australia. Or we saw them, was it on ABC? Yeah, ABC. Yep. Uh, yep. Saturday night was fantastic to see them all yes. out there. Yep. 
Um, so that was wonderful. I think there's a couple of things worth looking at. Uh, Chloe Legazzo spoke very well about just um, how important this is. Um, fortunately, I couldn't uh, tune in. Uh, I did wear my Adelaide Matilda McNamara Pride jersey at the commentary gig I was doing. So that, so um, that was the. I suppose I had to do something, but yeah, just um, yeah, going back. I mean, for the second time saying it, representation matters, and it was wonderful to see that. On to this. Um, uh, Sam Kerr won the London Football Award for FA Women's Super League Player of the Year. So I think this should have been Katie McKay, but I suppose you're all happy. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. another another but, award. Look, we're getting to the award. point now where we have to create like wings of houses for Sam Kerr's awards. Yes. Um, yes. So uh, I think she's up. single-handedly driving up the price of real estate in London. Uh, yes. with the amount of space that she's needing to store all these trophies and medals and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a definite negative, but uh, yeah, another mm. good award. I mean, I'm sure yeah. she would have preferred, we'll probably come onto it later, would have preferred to pick up yep. another gong, but uh, yep. yeah, another award for Sam. Yeah, um, so I can imagine architects and builders fighting over the contract for Sam Kerr's next property, specifically yeah. to build the um, trophies, awards, and other gongs wing of her yeah, of her, she can, she um, can house, have a symmetrical house with all of her all of her uh, her kicks. She is she's a lover of shoes, so we can have ah, half love, the house ooh. for trophies, half the house for sneakers. Love It'll it. Be balance in the universe. Yep. Ah, yes. And then um uh just uh north of that bo- north of north of the border of England and Scotland. So more good news. Well, at least we hope so. The Scottish Women's Premier League clubs to form a new league and cup competition within SPFL. Don't know much about the Scottish scene, but I believe the league was being run by Scottish women's football and coming under the purview of the Scottish, of the SPFL. So, you know, the same organization that runs the men's Scottish Premier League up there. I mean, as long as they do it properly, it can only be a good thing, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the competition that they have at the moment, I think that is similar to the way that women's football used to be run in a lot of countries, uh, mm-hmm. Australia and England are two that come to mind in yep. that they were run by separate women's, uh, women's mm-hmm. uh, associations. Yep. They yep. do have a Scottish football, like a Scottish football association cup, the Scottish cup, yep. Yep. Um, which is obviously run by the FA. But yeah, I think this will be, you know, more integration and more professionalization that's available. Um, and you would hope that if clubs are going to be aligning themselves or the, the governing body is going to be aligning itself with, the SPFL, then that will mean that there'd be potentially an increase in professionalism going forward for the yep. teams. And then it would, you'd hope that helps things, helps things like the broadcasting arrangements and then the opportunities for TV revenue because um, the Scottish Premier League is pretty visible, especially here now that um, our very own Ange Postecoglou is coaching the Celtic men's team. So mm-hmm. you'd hope that uh, more visibility for these, these women can only be a good thing. Yeah, and it would, as you say, it would mean that potentially that you'd have a non-BBC broadcast agreement because it's broadcast on BBC Arbor at the moment. Mm, um, okay. But there would be potentially something similar to here where you've got like Paramount who do the broadcast for both the men and women or say BT Sport in England who do broadcast mm. for both men and women in terms of the Premier League, non-league and then also women. So hopefully we yep. could see something, a little bit more visibility in the media. Yes. And the last news item, I'm glad this is happening while Cheryl's not here. Um, apparently, VAR set for the A-League women's next season to bring it in line with the A-League men's. Uh, is there anyone that wants to stop me from ranting right now? Or No. I'm, okay. I'm actually okay. going to side with uh, Cheryl on this. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in the Why? Cheryl camp for this. <laughs> Why? Um, I like I like the fact that the um, what's happening in both competitions with the men's and women's is going gonna, is gonna to be the same. I think that mm-hmm. uh, has to be mm-hmm. the case. I like seeing the right result. I don't like mm-hmm. seeing the interruptions to the games. And the, and mm-hmm. the well, that's I've got some bad news for you, Stefan. Um, so <laughs> we're still not going to get the right result. No, yeah, I, know, I know, I know. But when it happens, it's good, right? It's I, good I wonder right whether this result. has anything to do with the fact that VAR is going to be at the World Cup and that there may need to be mm-hmm. increased uh, women VAR referees. So mm-hmm. I think, if I remember correctly. At the ah, last World point. Cup, because Kate, Jakovic it was pretty was shocking. The last World Cup, mm-hmm. yeah. At the at, even at the Asian Cup, Jake, Kate Jakovic and yep. someone yep. else was the was the VAR referee for the yep. final. So yes, yep. 
maybe there's a requirement there that each yeah. each country or each confederation okay. has to provide someone. Well, let's see. The thing is, um, as the Asian Cup has shown, VAR's not going to stop people arguing about decisions, so you can rule mm. that one out. Um, also, my main bugbear with VAR in a semi-professional competition, if you've got the money for this, why aren't you investing it in the players or the coaches or the referees or all three? This is, mm. yeah, like the equality, I like the equality angle, but perhaps we shouldn't start with the angle that all the A-League, the bit that all the A-League men's fans hate. So um, if mm. you need to have VAR, someone's got to bring in a rule where it's like, um, if any, I don't know if anyone's familiar with instant replay in the NFL, there's a time limit for the referee yeah. to look at things. So nothing, not like six minutes for that, um, that thing that ended up being a Caitlin Ford penalty conceded penalty against for Matildas against South Korea, put a time limit. Um, you're only allowed to watch stuff at full speed should be another rule. Um, but yeah, now the thing I like is, uh, oh. I don't know if, mm. if someone, um, if they could do it, like, um, I heard they were going to bring in VAR light for the English women's super league. Apparently can be set up in 45 minutes. It's 45. It's four cameras and runs on an, can be run on an iPad. The, the the VAR situation with it, when I was at Fox, the VAR situation was that the, the you could only have that the fact that they had VAR meant they had to bring in cameras ten and eleven, which are the ones that cover both goals, mm-hmm. um, or like dead along the the goal line. Yeah, but yeah. it's funny because if you do that, you're also not investing in things like goal line technology. So goal line technology in the A League um, men's competition at the moment is not actually run like it is in say the premier league or the champions yeah. league uh right. where it's the, in the, where it's um yeah it's undeniable yeah, in the english premier league yeah. yeah so like with the with the men for people who don't know in the men's leagues and a lot of men's leagues around the world the, the referee will have a watch that buzzes when the ball crosses the goal line um the whole ball has to cross the whole line is the law mm-hmm. but in the a league men's competition at the moment it's actually there's there's a slight parallax error because the goal's in line with the 18 yard box and not in line with the goal goal line mm-hmm. so if you were going to do something like that it, it means that you're going to have more broadcast capability in terms of more angles but as you say it means that there's going to be more money spent on the broadcast increasing the professionalism of the broadcast instead of increasing the professionalism of the product on the field which i think is a bit of a catch-22 because you're kind of like it's not an improvement that people want and also it's it's detrimental to the players in in the fact that you know they're not being compensated adequately etc etc as you said yep and i think uh Someone that Stefan knows well, uh, Sarah West, who is um, Canberra United assistant coach, has been very vocal on Twitter about it's tough being a coach. Um, uh, a couple of mates and I have this um, joke, are you even a football coach in Australia if you don't have 17 jobs? But uh, mm-hmm. where that comes from is basically that's what needs to happen for a so-called a, an elite level coach in this country to get by, which is quite sad. So you have like, Urich, Sydney FC, A-League women's coach, also being the Sydney Olympic um, NPL New South Wales men's coach and the technical director. And I think he's a school teacher as well. So mm. that's just one example. But uh, moving on before I um, derail it by talking about NPL men's, on to um, the week that was in the dub, another another packed week because of uh, postponed fixtures and whatnot. Uh, I think we'll change it from usually what we usually do, which would be to do it in chronological order because Madge has just um, come back from a game and I'd love to know your thoughts about this whole game day experience. Well, I can tell you that crowds have a Pavlovian response to any hooter. I noticed that as well. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You know what? And and I don't even know why they have a hooter because it's clearly clearly a football club. It's not a rugby league club that was just happens to have them some goals put in. So they obviously just have whatever their their scoreboard is counts down from 45. Yeah. And when it hit zero, the um the rugby league sort of halftime hooter went off. And everyone just by <laughs> just by absolute um, muscle memory. I saw that and started then, clapping. And then the- and then the Brett football hasn't blown the, the whistle, board up, and I was but, um, like, "Oh, so oh, okay, this is very strange." It was a very, it was a very strange broadcast experience to watch everybody kind of being like, like even the players are just like, "Is that <laughs> it? Is it? Have you changed the rules?" <laughs> but um, yeah, no. Look, apart from that, like it, um, I mean, good for Brisbane to get the win. It's, it's, um, I mean, it's, it's 
Newcastle have been decimated to the um, yeah. towards the end of the season with injuries. So, you know, again, only had I think two outfield players mm-hmm. um, on the bench, um, um, same as the last game that we had against them on on Friday. But I guess um, for Brisbane, yes, it's nice to you know pick up a couple of wins um, to the end of the season and and emphatic wins. So it was really nice. I mean, the second half today, I think uh, I think got a bit messy. It wasn't the prettiest football um, I've ever seen, but uh, as usual, I mean. We, we gave our player of the game to Minnie Gori. She yes, yes. In there just, oh, you know, so doing good. everything, like trying to pass the ball to herself and, and the rest of her team. Um, had a, you know, a, just a cracking game. I unfortunately missed the first goal because of um, school traffic, trying to get there for a 4.15 kickoff. Yes. But I, I did hear, uh, I'm not sure how true this is, which does make sense that um, the reason the game was so early was because Newcastle had to get their, their flight yeah. home. That makes sense. Uh, which, which is understandable. Um, there's not that many flights between Brisbane and Newcastle um, to Ooh. be able to pick from. So, um, yeah, tough, tough, um, tough with the late move. It was supposed to be at Perry Park, but yes, apparently mm. you know, it was still underwater only a few yeah. days ago, and the pitch mm-hmm. couldn't, couldn't come up. So we um, moved uh, to sort of uh, um, Pine Hills um, Football Club. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, look, I mean, it was actually a great little crowd because obviously they had their sub- suburban sort of afternoon football training on. So there were like <laughs> kids galore everywhere, sort of um, mm-hmm. out, out running around. So they're, they're still like a really decent crowd, but um, a lot of our crew couldn't get there, of course, with um, with uh, work and not being able to get off mm-hmm. and, and get to the game, which is unfortunate. And plus nearly missed the first goal. <laughs> there was a technical glitch. And um, so it, uh, they came and just for those of you that haven't watched it, um, this is how tight it was. The glitch ends. Uh, the commentator is apologizing for the glitch. And then um, Katrina Gori smashes the ball into the net from 25 yards. That tight. So um, at least it wasn't like some of the stuff from last year. Well, I'm glad I'm going to be able to see it on replay at least. So Yeah, uh, yeah of course. Yeah. yeah. And the, so, the, the footage will be there. So that's a positive. No, yeah, at least like, yeah. like the truck probably was having issues, but at least the, the footage will yeah, be there. Yeah, well, that, that's... It's like the, the Wanderers game the other week where I was like, oh, there's not going to be a broadcast, but I'm sure there'll be a camera. Yep. yep. Okay. So um, everything... Ah, oh, that was great. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh yes, oh, my, of course, my own personal agendas. It was lovely to see my Filipino brother Robbie Feldman on the call with Georgia Yormandale. Love hearing his voice. I've, I've called with him in the past. He's a great bloke. And yeah, that's that's my take from uh, Raw Jets that happened today uh, as we recorded. Yeah, it was it was a it was a good match. I mean, I feel like Newcastle were kind of incredibly. Newcastle actually had well, according to the. The Google machine. Newcastle had more of the ball than Brisbane, which seems completely ridiculous because, yes. like Brisbane, were literally walking around with the ball at some stages. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Gory, like this was pretty close to a nine out of ten performance from yeah, Gory. Ten yes, is. Yes. I don't think there have been many tens in the dub, but like this, she was just like you've got to be asking questions if you're mm-hmm. Tony Gustafsson, and she's not getting picked in the mm-hmm. team for the New Zealand fr- friendlies. I mean, there's got to be questions asked because she's the kind of oh, yeah. that we really need. Yes. Yeah, uh, so, but yeah, really good. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so on to a game with a minor broadcast glitch to a game that wasn't broadcast at all. That feels like so long ago, but uh, on Tuesday at Wanderers Centre of Football, Western City Wanderers 2, Wellington 3. Um, it was good that the little corner of yellow, a Wellington fan group, got a decent number of fans to the ground on very short notice because it was... Um, moved very late on and they made a lot of noise kudos to all of them they did post a lot of clips from the game on twitter just be careful there make sure you don't get a stern direct message from apl they were i felt like they were pushing it a bit with the number of clips they were posting but um as for the game uh ashley crofts the queen of blacktown scored again in the second minute then it went downhill uh former wonder izzy gomez set up wellington's equalizer for kay taylor her first dub goal well taken um, I had to, of course, I had to read between the lines of tweets from the Wanderers and Wellington official accounts to see what was going on. Seemed like a pretty evenly matched game. Uh, so Wellington went ahead with Chloe Knott's wonderful pass for Ava Pritchard to score. And then Grace Jale made it 3-1 in stoppage time after pouncing on an underhit back pass. And then even deeper in the second half stoppage time, Wanderers grabbed a consolation goal. Haters will say it was an own goal. I'm giving it to Libby Copas-Brown. But yeah, so Wellington defeating the Wanderers for their second win of the season. Also on Tuesday, um, Melbourne City 2, Newcastle Jets 0. I think summed up pretty easily. 
early chance for the Jets, then City dominated. There was another Caitlin Torpedo to open the scoring. And then uh, the second goal for Hannah Wilkinson set up by what, Dale, I believe you called the assist of the season from Rihanna Policino. Oh, Rihanna Policino making people look like public footballers, just like the things yeah. you'd love to see. It was an awesome ball yeah. for Wilkinson's goal. Yeah. You, if we yeah. get the chance, definitely have a look for that one. Yeah, uh, like walking the tight, just to kind of describe it, walking the tightrope on the byline with a ball at a really awkward height, just, but she made it look so easy. One touch to control, second touch to um, dink it into like, and onto Hannah Wilkinson's head. Spot. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, fantastic stuff. It, it's one of those things that, like, we've seen a lot of players like Rana Policina uh, come through and they're not really deliver, who have kind of played well in state leagues, but it's been really good to watch her. Yeah. She's obviously a very skillful, but still very powerful player yeah. um, and fantastic with the ball at her feet, and I think that just shows here. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so I'll throw to Stefan for the first of three Friday games. Melbourne victory nil, Canberra United nil, but not for want of trying on from the girls in green. Yes, uh, probably not that many talking points for this one. Um, possession was pretty even between the teams. Um, but yeah, what the, the stats you're talking about are the uh, shots on on goal and versus shots on target for, for both teams, but especially Canberra. Um, Canberra had 25 shots and only five of them on target, so one in every five. So mm-hmm. not a not a not the greatest stat that. Uh, that we've seen from the Canberra team that that has come back into a bit of form on, in the attacking front the last few games. So uh, Vicky Linton seemed um, her first reaction after the game from the from the camera footage as it swung around to her, she seemed uh, quite pleased. I think with the point away. I think, yeah, um, I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah um, and um, victory on their part had uh, 10, 10 shots and four on target. Um, some good performances by, especially by Chloe Lincoln in the Canberra goal. She she had four quite uh, stunning saves, I think that I counted. And mm-hmm. Casey Dumont yeah. also yep. denied Margot Rabin in a very important uh, moment late in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Canberra will be wanting uh, Grace Ma to come up okay for the last game. Canberra can't actually catch Brisbane now with that result today with Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably have to be underdogs, you'd think, for, for yep. that game up there. Yes. Um, yeah. But we, we also missed Ash Sykes and Haley mm. Taylor Young, I think, in, in the game. But uh, mm. yeah, that's probably, probably about wraps that one up, I think. I think my main reaction was that victory didn't look like a, um, at, at the final whistle, did not look like they had just managed to secure themselves finals. Mm-hmm. They, they yeah, looked no, pretty disappointed with their result. Mm-hmm. They looked pretty devastated, actually. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing for um, first week of finals. Maybe yeah. uh, maybe it might be put a bit of a fire under them. Well, I mean, they also play Adelaide away and those teams mm-hmm. really don't like each other. And it's yes. Adelaide's first ever finals match. So, yeah, that's yeah, um, that's not the time. Let's hope for lighting the fire. Yeah, Just. yeah. I'm disappointed with the result for Canberra, if I'm perfectly honest, because I wanted some more chaos. Um, <laughs> yep. Because obviously, a result would have meant that Melbourne might have potentially missed the finals, but it wasn't to be. But yeah, as you say, yeah, 25 shots in a 90 minute game is quite impressive. For That's a, a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'll keep it simple. Casey DeMont's the reason victory are in the finals because she was mm. wonderful. And um, I can't believe she that played. also. Mm. like she was on the green whistle like a week ago and like i thought that she'd really really damaged her leg or really badly injured her leg Mm. on the like she's in tears on the pitch and then she just comes out and plays like another world-class game yeah just unbelievable but casey dumont's a warrior though if you know her injury history like she just she's like she's like the terminator basically um can't be destroyed i should say sorry eric is um Canberra must be very pleased with the progress of their four youngsters in the team mm-hmm. this season. So yes. they're, they're really pos- good positives for for next season. So um, Emma Elioski, Chloe Lincoln, Sasha mm-hmm. Groves really found a feat in the league this, this season. Mm-hmm. And Hayley Taylor-Young, of course, has added several feathers to her cap, I mm-hmm. think, with um, mm-hmm. playing in some different roles and growing yep. her, her role in the team. So that must be very encouraging for yeah. the team in green. Yeah, so you mentioned Chaos Dale. Like, I chose Chaos, but to live tweet two games at the same time for Beyond 90. And brave, the, bit brave, Kyra Cooney, the bit where Kyra Cooney cross, um, who had a great game, uh, 
if she hit the post from 30 yards and then Melbourne victory scored from the rebound and it was offside. That happened at exactly the same time as the penalty in Wellington, Perth. And I was like, what do you want me to do with this? I don't know. <laughs> well, of course, it's entirely my fault, but yes. So it was just, what a, that was a wild afternoon, but I suppose that's allows us to throw to the game also held in the, the early Friday kickoff, if that makes sense, down in Wollongong, the second ever edition of the suitcase derby, Wellington won Perth three. So, Perth do, getting the win uh, they needed, but in the end, not enough because of Melbourne victory's draw against Canberra. Um, Wellington, I, they, they did definitely didn't, they didn't give up. That's not, that's a, they're a team full of fighters, high quality, but you know, last game of the season, I, in the back of the head, you can't blame them because they're all so young. They just want to go home. Yeah. Um, I mean, so they've been some, very, some of these, some of these players have been away for what, like four months at this point. So, like, you what? can't, oh, you yeah. can't blame them. On, be more. Yeah. You know, yeah. being physically yeah. and literally on the beach a little bit for this one. Yes, yes. So, unfortunate Izzy Gomez own goal to open for Perth. Then um, a lovely volley from Sierra Hinson, and then um, you know one of our favourite players, Aidan Keane, scoring as well for Perth. And the, a late penalty from Grace Jale, who has ended ended the campaign with six goals, which is. Brilliant for not even a centre forward, a wide mm. player or an attack, attacking midfielder, if that makes sense. Oh, by the way, Sierra Hinson has five goals, also good effort. Um, yeah, and of Both course, teams wearing away jerseys won't have it. Yes, why? Not pleased. Yeah, disgusting. Um, that's that's just unacceptable. Um, I wanted to see um purple and white versus yellow and black, and I got dark blue versus whatever Perth's awake it is, and um, no, nah, not having it. But yeah, so everyone gets to go home, except of course for the um. Glory players from Sydney and the Aussie Phoenix players who are already at home. So um, even better for them, I suppose. Now, and the players um, can go home now, which is great. Which, yeah, that's good. Um, they won't be treated like pariahs just for having the audacity to be in beyond the Eastern Seaboard. So thank you so much, Mark McGowan. Um, so the late Friday game, we'll go further match again. It's a bit of deja vu. Uh, Newcastle Jets 1, Brisbane Raw 5. Up at the ground that is normally named number two sports ground, but was renamed number six sports ground in honor of Cass Davis's shirt number because she set a new record for consecutive games in an Australian National League or in the A League era, at least. Yeah. yeah, fantastic um, achievement by Cass. So, and you know, it, it looks like they put it on a really good show. I think they they had a beer for her as well um, there yep. at the ground. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I think it's great when um when clubs can sort of get around and, and do fun things like that for the fans. So and it definitely looks like they had a good time. And we had a good time because we won 5-1. So um, everyone wins. Um, Everybody goes home happy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess what I really liked a lot about this game was um, Anna Margraf with her mm-hmm. with the first goal. Um, off a, you know, a brilliant Katrina Gorey assist um, through. But then, you know, at McGrath's sort of, composed, um, yeah. took the ball around the keeper um, and gave herself a probably a more difficult shot mm-hmm. and maybe she would have liked, but, yeah, on a, on a great angle, slotting it um, slotting it through. So really, really great to see um, Anna McGrath getting um, getting on the score sheet. Again, she's one of those players that I think she's, you know, she's really flexible. She can sort of, she can play forward, mm-hmm. she can play back, um, a really handy player, and it's been great to see her get some, some more extended game time this season. So looking for good things. Yeah for her into the future. And, of course, Larissa Crummer um, grabbing the hat trick, which is always great to see. And, and then a banging goal from Holly Palmer. So Oh, wow. What a goal. Her third goal ever and um, absolutely the best one she's had. So uh, great, great times. Yep. Um, so, yeah, like uh, on that Anna McGrath chance, she was facing the corner flag. I thought she was going to put it anywhere but the goal, like the hill <laughs> behind the goal or something. But that was wonderful. Um, Larissa Crummer didn't just score a perfect hat trick, so that's one with the left foot, one with the right foot, one with the header. But she met the original conditions for a hat trick, three consecutive goals, so that was brilliant. And um, for the Jets, uh, Lauren Allen scored the most Lauren Allen goal possible, right, using her speed to run onto a through ball and then very slowly rolling the ball into the bottom corner. So, uh, good to see she knows her brand. But um, on to Sunday, I might have to defer to someone here because I is, had other engagements but uh, the uh, early Sunday game at Wanderers Centre of Football, Western Sydney Wanderers nil, Melbourne City 2, a team named City winning in Rudy Hill, absolutely love to see it Obviously, so uh, goals from Rihanna Policina and Hannah Wilkinson what's new Rihanna Policina finishes the season with as many goals as Western Sydney Wanderers, 7 each Um, I did see the mini match uh, the City goals were so easy I was just kind of 
confused by how they happened. It had to watch it a few times. But yeah, um, but yeah, Polachine has finished just, you know, the combination from West, Misha Westland and Hannah Wilkinson. And then um, Polachina used those quick feet to make space and drill a low shot in off the post from 20 yards. Westland was also involved in the second goal. Uh, yeah, this one was quite something. Outside of the foot pass to Wilkinson, who stopped a bit, then realized she could just outrun everyone and then just scored easily past Sarah Langman. Uh, Tori Toomer nearly scored in the second half, and I would be even more unbearable than I am right now if that header had gone in. And uh, it was also a great day out for Darcy Malone's family. She made a late substitute appearance. Darcy Malone from Melbourne, Melbourne City is actually from Western Sydney. She is a former Wanderers ball kid. On the day, two of her younger siblings were ball kids for Wanderers. Um, and the best thing, Darcy got booked, and I'm so proud of her. So... <laughs> Uh, Eric, I, I can't we'll... believe you weren't there, Eric. There's about 80 yeah, I weren't there. Favorite, um, 80, I was of your favourite players I, in that game. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not, I, I'm not short of opportunities to watch Tory Toomuth and Darcy Malone just, because <laughs> uh, they're coming back a, to NPL New this South Wales. Liz Ralston's first game back as well. First start. She made a oh, Liz Ralston made a 96 minute time wasting sub appearance in the Wanderers win over Brisbane. I believe that's her oh, only other yes, appearance. Oh yes, that's right. That's right. Yes, uh, we we did discuss that earlier. Um, but yeah, good to see her back, hopefully yeah. at full strength um, yeah. for the upcoming MPLW season in New South Wales. But yeah, yes. good to see her back yeah. from but, uh, a whole tra- run of injuries. Uh, yeah, well, fingers crossed for Liz. Um, Liz, she's a physiotherapist, so she'll know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but um, to answer Stefan's question, I had a radio gig. I actually drove past the motorway that goes near that ground as it was going on. I'm like, well, you know. I'm in my own, I need my own practice for commentary because when the NPL New South Wales men's season starts, I don't want to suck. So I'm women's season starts. I don't want to suck. So I'm practicing on all these men's games. Anyway, um, the so Melbourne City briefly at the top of the table, but no premiership for them because the Sunday late game, Adelaide United nil, Sydney FC won, the single goal coming from Paige Satchel. That was a unexpected and lovely goal. Oh, she had no right to score there. Yeah. Ball, ball no one in the away. no one in the crowd, um, no one on the field was expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> just... No, no. I, I kind of saw, like, I saw when the ball came in. Uh, Charlie Rule kind of like does this little weird like back heel roulette thing in the box, and then like <laughs> Paige Satchel just scores, and I was like, "What? What is? What happened? How did that happen?" But yeah, <laughs> yes. pr- pretty. I mean, this this game felt. I feel like this this game was kind of like once Sydney scored everyone was kind of everyone was kind of happy like obviously yeah. adelaide would have loved to have got the three points but like i think everybody was kind of like all right well we can pack up and just prepare for next week yeah um it after that it wasn't a particularly intense match mm-hmm. um but yeah. in saying that um good that uh good but congratulations to sydney for sydney for back-to-back premierships yep um very very impressive i think they've been pretty impressive all season mm-hmm. uh They've had a little bit of a falter over the last kind of three or four weeks. Mm. They've they've been in I wouldn't say poor form, but definitely mm. not the form that they want themselves to mm-hmm. be in. Um, but yeah, I don't think that you can kind of criticize criticize them for for this performance. It was kind of just, uh, yep. I mean, professional would be the word yep. I would use. And um, doing it while resting Courtney Vine due to a calf niggle, so a win in a clean sheet while resting while without the services of Vine time is perfect. Uh, the mm. fourth. Premier's plate in Sydney FC's A League women's history. So is that the most? I think it is. Yep. Yeah. Congratulations to them. Yeah. yeah. So death taxes and Sydney FC making the mm-hmm. dub finals. So um, the, I know she was on the losing side, but I'm I'm still always greatly amused by people trying to dribble past Matilda McNamara like it's a thing that's possible. I'm um, just no, it it doesn't doesn't happen. Just stop trying, please, for your own good. Uh, so on to the finals. Um, so we have a new finals format, which uh, explaining this verbally is always tricky, but we have uh, the top two teams playing with the winner, Sydney versus Melbourne City, with the winner going straight through to the grand final, which is, uh, and then third place, fourth in the other game, that's Adelaide United versus Melbourne Victory. The loser is eliminated. And then the winner of Adelaide Victory plays the loser of Sydney FC versus Melbourne City for a place in the grand final. Now, we do also have, to finish the season, on Thursday, Brisbane Raw versus Canberra United. I think we've already touched on that. So, I mean, you know, Hurst, we, all, we love Thursday night football, so that'll be good as well. And I must say, I'm really looking forward to that as a final home game. Yeah. Brisbane, it's always fun playing Canberra. Yes. 
to, and it's to cool the old it's crew. Kind of like, it feels like a bit of like an all-star game. Like the, yeah. the re- no one cares. The result doesn't matter. Yes. We can yep. just go out on a Thursday, have some fun, see your mates. Yeah. Hopefully Perry Park has been mopped. Yep. Um, <laughs> and is, or is still there. Yes. <laughs> Might yes. want to like bring some Vicks and stuff just to. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. About yes. the smell that's going around Brisbane at the moment as well. Yeah. So. Yep, 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 yep. Yes. Just look out uh, for the yeah. cranes that are floating by on the Brisbane River. Yeah. I do like it. I mean, depending on the kits, but, you know, orange versus green is very like evocative for me. And of course, two of the great uh, teams, the most successful teams in the history of the dub. So that's wonderful. Now on, uh, no, Dura Stefan does have to leave soonish. So we'll throw to you because believe it or not, the winter season has begun, at least in your neck of the woods, Stefan. Yeah, uh, the first event anyway. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's a preseason event called the Charity Shield in Canberra. So um, it's uh, it's this one's run about three and a bit weeks before the start of the season though, which is kind of interesting. The um, the capital football uh, season was put back about eleven days recently. I'm not entirely sure why, but um, it was it was really good to be out there. Um, it was highly enjoyable. It was out at Gungahlin enclosed oval with the with the bunnies behind it as. Uh, yes. As we saw on, the, on some of the on some of the photos, yes, um, there was there was some dark storm clouds gathering over the over the day, um, but they held off until half time of the first game, which was the women's game. Had a really strong crowd out there, so um, you know the best crowd I've ever seen at the ground. I think mm. so that was that was really encouraging for the season. So obviously, a lot of people are excited about about what's going to happen this year. Um, and the two opponents were Canberra, Croatia, as the uh, Federation Cup winners, and they normally play against champions. And because of the shortening of the season, uh, Canberra Croatia were leading the league at that stage. So they put them up against West Canberra Wanderers, who were the opponents in the Federation Cup last season. So um, it turned out to be uh, a 6 0 win to Canberra Croatia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always exciting uh, seeing new, new squads uh, who's which old faces are still there, which which new ones have yep. come in. Um, Canberra Croatia have a new coach um, mm-hmm. and they were missing a couple of their um, very well-credentialed players in Grace Gill, who I think is undecided about her mm-hmm. particip- participation this season. Um, Chantil Jones, as I understand it, will not be playing this season for mm-hmm. Canberra Croatia. Uh, Brittany Palombi was used as a sub. She's the golden boot for the last few years. She came on the last 10 minutes and immediately had an impact uh, scoring uh, the second last goal, I think, and setting up uh, one of the others in the last three minutes. There were three goals in the last three minutes. Mm. Um, But it's, yeah, they scored the first two goals in the first 10 minutes. Um, So they also were trying a bit of a new setup up front with a player, Sienna Burney, coming from Tuggeranong under-18 boys Mm -hmm. out wide. Looked very promising. And Bella Barrack, who used to play with Canberra United Academy, pulling the strings at number 10, uh, where where you'd normally see Grace Gill. And uh, she's a very clever player, so she'll Mm -hmm. do well there. Um, And for their part, the West Canberra Wanderers, a little outclassed, in midfield, perhaps, um, you know, Canberra Croatia probably control the game, um, you'd have to say. But they have three very speedy forwards up front. Um, Daisy Canavan, who used to be with the um, with the academy, looked very good out in the right wing, but also had a, a, a couple of um, other speedsters up front. So I think other teams will be looking at that game and uh, uh, thinking if they can get some service to their forwards, they're going to be... A uh, bit of a handful for other teams too this year. So yeah, it was uh, it was just awesome to be out there at a at a winter game, and uh, wasn't that wasn't that cold <laughs> to nice. walk for once in Canberra, even though it was uh, there was some rain coming down. Yep. But uh, a lovely event, and the proceeds go to Fortum, which are uh, which assists the families of first responders. Um, it's the second year in a mm-hmm. row that the Charity Shield proceeds have gone to them. So yeah. Uh, so the Wanderers lose heavily in your league as well. That's good to know. Um, so they even wear red and black. So uh, yeah, sorry for everyone. But um, yeah, so we're looking forward. Uh, for those of you kind of uh, less familiar with Beyond Night Platform, Stefan does a wonderful job covering uh, the NPL Capital Football Women's Competition. He's done that since 2019. He's really an expert. And I'm looking forward to uh, reading your uh, match reviews when they come in from April onwards. Now on to... 
uh, Aussies abroad section. Uh, Dale alluded to this earlier. We had the Continental Cup final in England. So it's kind of like England secondary cup competition with the FA Cup being the more prestigious knockout comp. But um, it was uh, plenty of Aussies involved. Chelsea won, Manchester City three. Dale, did you, how much did you watch? Because I've only seen three of the four goals. I've seen I've seen a bit of it. I've seen mm. enough to kind of speak on it. I, I think Chelsea Chelsea went ahead through Sam Kerr relatively early yep. on in the first mm. half, um, and then I mean, it, obviously being a cup final, the, the kind of game that you play is generally speaking, you don't want to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that any of City's three goals after they they scored all three in the second half, um, none of their goals were kind of mistakes. Um, mm-hmm. which is kind of positive in a cup final yeah. because you don't want to be the player that makes yeah. a mistake to lose the mm-hmm. match. Um, but I think that City were fairly deserving of this one. Um, mm-hmm. Interestingly, it was actually played at... Uh, it was played at... Plough Lane. Cherry- Lane. Yeah, Plough Lane. So Cherry Road Record yeah, Stadium yeah. at Plough Lane, home of uh, AFC Wimbledon, which is a club near and dear to most f- real football fans' hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really good attendance. Um, I thought City were probably worth the win, um, but... Starts for both Hayley Rice so and Alana Kennedy yes. at centre-half uh, and Sam Kerr on the Chelsea side, as we mentioned. Um, but City's, uh, City kind of making up for not qualifying for Europe with the League Cup win. Mm. Um, so, yeah, a positive result for City. And, and uh, they're, I think I think they're fifth in the league at the moment. So, I mean, it's good that yeah, they're getting something out of this. They're looking good for third, though, based on their um, recent trajectory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, and there's a, there's a kind of weird thing where you've got teams that have games in hand and teams yep. that have been decimated by COVID and stuff like that. But mm. yeah, um, pretty good, pretty good game all in all. I only really watched the the highlights, unfortunately, mm. due to viewing restrictions. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it was a good game. And good to see yeah. so many people out for women's football. On a, yes, on a I did like that. Good visuals. Cold night, I'm sure. Yep. Yes. So um, I know for City, Caroline Weir scored two really well-taken goals. I love watching Caroline Weir play. She's so technically gifted and just Mm. has this um, lovely habit of embarrassing opponents with her skills. If Um, I remember correctly, she absolutely roasted the Matildas at the Olympics, like down the flanks. She was fantastic for them, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that sounds like something Caroline Weir would do to most people. Um, So, yeah, there's also... yeah, just uh, WSL, or English Women's Super League, kind of like A-League women. There's midweek catch-up games all over the place. But Dale, I'll give you the first chance at first shot at um, one of the midweek catch-up games because it involves your team uh, winning pretty big game. Yeah, so Aston Villa nil, Everton won, which was at the Bescott Stadium in Walsall. Aston Villa's women's team, uh, home team of uh, Australian Matilda Emily Gilnick, who got a start for the Villains. Uh, but a second-half goal for Aurora Gali, Italian international Aurora Gali, gave Everton the win. Uh, interestingly, with all the stuff that's going on in the moment, Everton were actually playing in sponsorless uniforms because Ooh. they have oh. withdrawn the sponsorship of one of their main sponsors, ah. who is a Russian Russian company. Mm-hmm. But very interesting, mm-hmm. um, really good performance from, from the Everton girls. Um, was impressed that they kind of... I didn't... That, I have very low expectations with Everton this season, which is unfortunate. But they've they've kind of have a ha, have had a very up and down season. But I think, and this this result really pushes them further and further away from the uh, the relegation zone, which is only one team this season. Yeah. Um. But you know, uh, you know, pretty pretty classic lower mid table game uh, in saying that. But yeah, no. Uh, Gilnick got a decent amount of minutes, which is which is really good. Um, and yeah, as I said, a, a, a good result for the Everton girls. Uh, and next week, I believe they play at home. I could be wrong, but you know, it wouldn't be the first time. Yes. Um, also, um, you actually showed this to me, Dale. Hannah Benison's pass for Aurora Gully. That's oh. just unbelievable. Yeah, just could cross could solve world hunger and create world peace. It was such a good pass. Just a little yeah. kind of leans back, probably 40 yards out from goal, leans mm. back on this ball and plays like this beautiful kind of nine iron right onto the green mm-hmm. in front of Gali. And she just runs straight onto it and scores. I was just yeah. like, yeah, don't know if she's going to be at the club next year, if I'm perfectly honest. Yeah. She's, get some more game time. She's very, very good. Um, yes. But yeah, really like um, Everton not helping themselves by not starting her? It's just Yeah, and also odd. just making a lot of really weird decisions. But I'll run you through the other results yep, yep. from the week that was. Uh, Arsenal 4, Reading 0. Goal there for our very own uh, Warilla Gorilla. 
the uh, <laughs> Caitlin Ford in that one. I oh, know. My apologies. So she scored in the Arsenal Arsenal Birmingham City game. Uh, yeah, as I said. Either way, Arsenal four uh, nil over Reading. Uh, Villa had a. What am I talking about? No, that was last week. No, that was last week. Uh, Villa nil. Uh, here we go. Sorry, Villa nil. Brighton and Hove Albion one. Uh, golf from Maya Letizia. No relation to yep. the great former men's player. Um, yep. That was at Villa as well. So Brighton again further away from the uh, relegation zone. Uh, Man United four. Leicester City nil. A goal that featured not one but two goals direct from corner kicks. Thanks wow. to yep. Katie Zellum, who I'm sure we'll be hearing more about further on in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, goal, yeah, as I mentioned, there was that, uh, that 4 0 win for, uh, sorry, 4 2 win for Arsenal over Birmingham City, and Reading and Tottenham played out a 0 0 draw. Um, in the Scottish Premier League, let me just grab those. My apologies. Uh, sorry, I just had that up a moment ago. I think they had a cup weekend this weekend, if I remember. They I don't have- do. They had a midweek game. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll do it if you haven't got it. Yeah, so, you grab it. Uh, just women's Premier League. So, um, so Glasgow. I, mean, I want to highlight this unusual result, despite the fact that you know this is the player Cheryl and I argue about. Um, Australian-born Irish international Aoife Colville. Aoife Colville hasn't been playing recently for Glasgow City. Um, Glasgow City conceded the first goal to Aberdeen in their midweek game, and then must have gotten really mad because they scored ten unanswered goals. Yes, ten. So ten-one win there. Um, then on the weekend game. Celtic beat Aberdeen 3-0 away from home and uh, our very own Jacinta Galabadarachi scored and I've spoken about them uh, Celtic just calling her Jacinta in all official communications and then they've they've even shortened it further in the tweets now they're just calling her Jazz so um, and uh, Glasgow City's result for what it worth what it's worth uh, Glasgow City 6 Motherwell nil. and then um, in the uh, French Cup quarterfinals so the league had a week off uh, PSG eliminated Ellie Carpenter's Leon and in the last round, and then they eliminated Mary Fowler's Montpellier on the weekend by winning three goals to one. Mary Fowler played 17 minutes in Italy. Um, big result for the team with two Aussies, Pomigliano, defeating Inter 1-0 away from home. Full game for Ivy Lewick. Ella Mastrantonio was an unused sub. And then uh, in the Netherlands, there was not a game in the midweek, but... Not a, sorry, not a game on the weekend, but a midweek catch-up game before that. Amy Harrison's uh, PSV lost 2-1 at home to Ajax. Amy was an unused sub. Uh, it's the end of the league season, but PSV have an upcoming cup quarterfinal against uh, Feyenoord. So uh, Amy Harrison, it's a bit difficult for her not getting much game time at the moment, and thus leads to my usual player advice. Um, Amy Harrison should come back to NPL New South Wales. Maybe to play for MacArthur Rams. Why not? Uh, so that's we're just about done here, but so which is good because Stefan does have to go. So I'll let Stefan have the first honors uh, with our queen slash king slash non-binary legends of the week. Quite excited about this one. Um, my queen of the week is um, a Canberran, Kelly Sturton. Um, Kelly's been with Capital Football for a few years and was uh, instrumental in setting up the uh, the All Abilities Academy here. And also the um, the Canberra Power Chair Football League. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the head of participation, so she's uh, in in charge of um, that aspect of all the grassroots football in our competitions here. And um, I think in recognition of her experience and abilities in this space, she was today announced as the head coach for the Paramatildas. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and uh, Kelly's a lovely person. She I probably haven't mentioned this before, but I, I fractured and dislocated my elbow on the Hawker synthetic pitch last last year. And Kelly looked after me uh, as the ambulance arrived. So, uh, yeah, I've known Kelly for quite a while and it's uh, richly deserved this this accolade for her. So she's just been tremendous and is a, um, a figurehead of our gaming camera. So well done, Kelly. Okay, yes, uh, that's, that's a good one uh, for sure. Um, I'll speak on behalf of Cheryl. 
who has nominated um, friend of Beyond 90, Radha Gupta of She Talks Ball. Radha is from India and very generously provided Beyond 90 with coverage of the Matildas at the Asian Cup. And she's also the recipient of a Title IX content creator grant. For those of you that are unaware, Title IX is the um, legislation that basically in the United States, which basically decreed that there should be equality in terms of sporting opportunities for girls and boys, which it's a big part of the reason uh, why the U.S. is so dominant in women's football. And thanks to the grandparent rule, it's also a big part of the reason the Philippines are going to next year's Women's World Cup. So, uh, Madge, uh, who's your uh, legend of the week? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to hop back to um, the uh, Football Australia's, um, um, what do they call it, United We Shine sort of Mm -hmm. uh, initiative. And I'm I'm going to shout out Chloe Legazzo for her really emotional and heartfelt um, interview. So um, just, you know, jump on the Matilda social media to see that. Um, I I think it was really important for Football Australia to come out, um, not only in in light of Josh Cavallo coming out in the men's game, but I think we've seen some really ugly stuff Mm -hmm. around social media in reaction to the Matildas in recent years. And I think it's just really important. And I think Chloe's, um, she didn't, you know, talk about that uh, especially, but she, you know, she got pretty emotional about, um, you know, being a role model and and being able to see, um, you know, representation through sporting achievement. Mm -hmm. And I think it was really, yeah, just a really great step for... um, for Football Australia to actually, you know, put some words and um, mm-hmm. an action mm-hmm. uh, behind uh, supporting all of their players that are that that play and contribute to this wonderful game. Yep. Okay. So Dale, who was your legend of the week? Uh, my legend of the week. I have two. One mm-hmm. uh, gent and one lady. Uh, mm-hmm. First, obviously, as I mentioned, Hannah Benison, assist of the year could feed me for months. That ball was just so delicious. Uh, if you get a chance, try and find that one. Uh, and my king of the week uh, goes to uh, Sasha Question and Chris uh, Hergart from LA Galaxy and Charlotte Football Club in the US. Uh, Sasha Question, I think 12 years ago, met Chris as a cancer patient uh, at one of the hospitals in LA when he was there. And 12 years later, they played against each other in Charlotte FC's first home game as a major league soccer club got to swap jerseys afterwards so good to see first of all obviously that chris is back and healthy sporting a fairly gnarly scar across his abdomen um but really really lovely scenes um obviously they would have been keeping in touch and really just good to see that someone's living out their dream and kind of following in their hero's footsteps yeah okay that's oh that's fantastic i'm gonna have to look that story up um also my queen of the week is as dale alluded to earlier manchester united's katie zellum for scoring Two Olympicos, so a goal scored direct from a corner kick. Two of those in Manchester United's 4-0 win over Leicester City on the weekend in the English Women's Super League. It's absolutely incredible. Um, Definitely chase up the footage if you can. This happened a week after she scored another Olympico at the same end of Lee Sports Village in uh, their FA Cup tie against um, Manchester City. So... um, for some people, a corner is a crossing opportunity. And for Katie Zellum, a corner is shooting range. So I think that's it, really. So thanks so much for tuning in once again, whether you've um, done that on the various podcast platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, whatever. Also, thank you so much to our lovely audience on Joy Radio and Clutch Radio. Uh, we've enjoyed um, covering the world of women's football for you. And on behalf of my um madge stefan dale thanks so much take care stay dry if you're in uh, one of those areas that's been affected by the recent rains uh, our thoughts are with you and we will see you next time